Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for more than a decade. In this episode, we're looking at European regulation for the technology, media and telecom sector. Firstly, at the EC's approach to a major telecoms merger, and then at the new regulation being introduced in Europe and the UK to target the tech giants. I'm joined by Jeremy Fleming-Jones, Senior Regulatory Editor, and Jacob Parry, who is a senior reporter and who are both based in Brussels. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Juliana. Hi, Juliana. So, Jacob, starting with you, let's look at the potential tie-up between MassMobile and Orange, which is considered something of a test for the EC's stance on telco or telecoms mergers. Expectations have been growing that the EC is prepared to be a bit softer on these deals. From what you understand, is that the case? The short answer is no. Uh, The commission has repeatedly said that there's no magic number when it comes to telecoms consolidation. Just a reminder on this transaction, we're dealing with a 50-50 joint venture in Spain where MassMobile and Orange are looking to combine their Spanish operations. These are being the these being the number three and the number four players uh, in the Spanish mobile market. In terms of the commission's position, we've heard Executive Vice President Vestager say quite recently there's no magic number and that she would be concerned if, uh, in fact, she would be made a bit nervous if uh, consumer choice were to be limited too much in national markets. However, it's clear that there's an industry need for consolidation. Just look at some of these recent transactions that have been proposed. Uh, we have this deal in Spain, uh, in the UK. We have some chatter of 3 and Vodafone uh, looking to combine. In Italy, uh, TIM is looking to create a network monopoly through its restructuring and merger with Open Fiverr. And uh, Vodafone CEO Nick Reed has given numerous indications that He intends to pursue mergers in the UK, Italy, Portugal, and Spain. So what's changed? Uh, Sort of two things. Uh, The first is the stance of the EU courts. We had a landmark judgment in 2020 uh, from the EU General Court uh, that overturned the Commission's decision to block the combination of O2 and Hutchison in the UK. The court found that the Commission failed to demonstrate that the transaction had negative effects and it's effectively set a quite high bar for the commission to prove negative effects when we're dealing with an oligopolistic scenario like a, a four to three transaction. That case is before the European Court of Justice, which will hear it uh, in Luxembourg next month. It's to be seen whether or not the top court will side with the court of first instance, and then also whether or not the commission will really start to abide to what the general court has said. Second item we might get a bit more into, and that's uh, the proposal by the Commission to uh, make telco users, the biggest ones being the big tech companies like Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon, and Netflix, pay for telecom services. This is a bit goes in the direction of the need for investment that uh, uh, telecoms in Europe have been raising given the steep bills that they're looking out in order to roll out fiber and then also fund investments in 5G. It's to be seen uh, whether or not this uh, will make a 
huge difference, but by all indications, the commission is appearing to dangle new proposals like this uh, one we saw uh, uh, disclosed uh, a few weeks ago uh, to have the um, the Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon pay, pay their way for broadband service. Um, again, I'd, I'd say that uh, there are several things moving. Clearly, the market is, has an appetite for consolidation, but it doesn't appear that the commission really wants to lessen up on its competition tools just yet. And are our telcos using that argument that you mentioned, the need for consolidation and investments in an expensive 5G infrastructure? Is the EC shown to be reluctant to listen to that argument? And is that changing? Yes and no. It's changing insofar as the commission is buying that argument, but no in terms of whether that argument has any credence in terms of the telcos ask that it let up uh, or ease up on merger control. Instead, what we've seen is uh, a commission proposal. Uh, we have not many details at this point, but it seems like the commission will come forward with a regulatory proposal this year that would require, as I was saying, companies like Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon, and Netflix to pay a share of their revenues to telco providers to help fund investments in fiber and 5G. This is not a new issue. Uh, uh, these companies, uh, the telecom providers, have been complaining for more than a decade that uh, some of the big U.S. tech giants have been getting a free ride on their expensive infrastructure. But the fact that the commission is finally starting to listen to those arguments and is looking to propose something that would go quite a ways to satisfying uh, the demands of telcos is, uh, is quite significant. Jeremy, coming to you, let's look at the wider regulatory landscape in Europe for the the broader sector of TMT. There are a raft of new rules coming in in Europe affecting the tech sector. Can you outline what those are and what is the likely timeline of those, please? That's right. Well, this new Digital Markets Act has been agreed politically by the European institutions in March and it's now having its text finalised. And this is a new law which is designed to run adjacent with existing competition rules, but to impose rules and obligations onto companies in advance rather than to look at conduct after it's happened, which is what their existing toolbox does. And the, the new DMA, as it's called, is going to affect digital giants or gatekeepers as they're referred to in the text. And gatekeepers are defined under the under the law as being companies which perform a core platform service. So this touches on a whole raft of digital areas, online search engines, social networking services, video sharing, cloud computing, and so on. But you also have to have a significant impact on the domestic market and a stable market position. And there are some definitions to help clarify what that means. So, for example, if a company has a turnover or a market cap of at least 75 billion euros, then that would lead to the presumption if it offers a core platform service and uh, or if its annual revenue is 7.5 billion euros. And then a certain number of users. So if it reaches 45 million users per month, 
and 10,000 business customers each year. So we're looking really here at mainly those big tech giants that fall into the category that Jacob was saying are coming under scrutiny separately as potential players who could be contributing on the uh, on the infrastructure market for tech as well, for telco as well. How many businesses will that apply to? Because there can't be that many in the world that w- would meet those criteria. Well, obviously, the the rule book is not yet on the on the books, and it's not going to be introduced until next year. Probably, it will be brought into the official uh, journal at the, in October this year. But there'll be then a sort of six month period while the commission determines exactly how many gatekeepers there are to start with. But companies have an obligation to declare themselves to be gatekeepers if they fulfill clearly the um, the requirements under the law. And in in addition to that, they can be deterred. They can be defined as being gatekeepers by the commission as well if they don't, for example, fall into those presumptions. But they are core service providers. Um, so there is no straightforward answer to how many is on the list. But uh, the one thing that I think we can be pretty clear about is that the big tech operators are all going to be there. Um, there are some questions, for example, about whether or not any European uh, companies are going to be on the included in the list. And that creates a kind of political uh, question mark. But um, I think that we can be really clear that the the Googles, the Amazons, Facebooks, the Apples are going to be among the gatekeepers. And what do those companies have to say? Because I'm guessing they're being consulted as, as part of this. Exactly so, yes. Well, I mean, the, 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 the rules will require them to observe new conditions. So they will have to do certain things as a result of being determined as gatekeepers. But they will also not be allowed to do certain thing, other things as well. So among the positive obligations that they would have to do is to interoperate with their service providers, provide advertisers with information, allow users to use their platforms under certain conditions of uh, with non-discrimination, data portability, and so on. But what they'll be stopped from doing is aggregating end user data, aggregating all sorts of data for self-preferencing services, bundling their services and so on. So there's a whole bunch of things that they can and can't do if they're determined as gatekeepers. And will these rules only affect the conduct of those big tech companies or will they also impact deals as well? There is no huge deal direction within the law, but there is a notification requirement for gatekeepers that if they are trying to merge with other digital companies, then they have to notify the commission that they are doing so. And this is being done in order to help the commission with so-called killer acquisition um, deals, to identify killer acquisition deals. And it means that where a gatekeeper is buying a much smaller company, that will be notified to the commission in a way which gives other member states the opportunity to ask the commission to look at the deal in more detail under its Article 22 procedure as well. So um, whilst there is no formal um, request for the commission or ask for the commission to look at the deal, 
there is more scope under the notification process of the DMA for deals to come under the scope of Article 22 notification. And just remind us what that Article 22 notification is. That's a way in which member states are able to flag a deal to the commission and ask it to do a review of the deal, even if the deal does not fall within the normal thresholds that would apply. One of the more interesting provisions of of the DMA that was agreed in the negotiations between the EU member states, the commission and the parliament, was to add a penalty whereby if a company is found to be in a violation of the DMA repeatedly, they could face uh, a ban on acquisitions. Now, that's a, a power that has a quite long timeline, and it would really need to, we really need to see a long, uh, well-documented uh, series of violations, but it sits in the commission's toolbox, and it's uh, something that I would imagine companies will have in mind when they're thinking about compliance. Yeah, I mean, indeed, that is one of the several compliance uh, methods. I mean, they can also be clobbered for fairly significant fines, up to 10% of annual turnover, for example, which when you're looking at a company like Google, um, would not be inconsiderable. Just finally, it's worth mentioning that this legislation comes against the context of incredible scrutiny of the acquisition, merger and acquisition activity by companies like Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon. Transactions like WhatsApp, uh, Facebook uh, have left incredibly bad taste in the mouth of the commission and its na- uh, fellow national competition authorities. And as we can see, there is a strong willingness to really look through every one of these deals down to the last detail and to come up with quite novel theories of harm. We actually had a comment from the president of the German Competition Authority, who, uh, in clearing Facebook's acquisition of customers, said that the transaction gave him uh, a, a bad stomachache. Uh, There were no anti-competitive grounds to go after that transaction, but still it's something that uh, caused a lot of concern in the agency. So this is really a topic that's not going away. And I think that any uh, merger activity by Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, or even Microsoft uh, uh, as well will come under incredible scrutiny by the competition authorities. And the DMA is just one more tool with which uh, they'll be able to do so. And one last question for you, Jeremy. Where is the UK on this, obviously, having left the European Union recently? Well, um, the UK has been trying to develop its own digital regulation uh, to hit the markets too. But unlike the EU, which has been trying to develop the law before it develops the enforcement practice, the UK actually created a an enforcer group called the Digital Markets Unit, uh, last year, and um, it made that unit in shadow form and put it in the Competition and Markets Authority ahead of legislating. And the government last year launched a consultation on the design of a new regime for that unit to operate under and published its response to that consultation this month, confirming its plans to to give the enforcement powers to the unit. But we haven't yet seen a bill from the UK government which gives more clear clarity to what those powers will actually be. 
We know that they are broadly going to involve promoting the competition in digital markets, that they will create minimum revenue thresholds for firms that come under its scope. And those firms are going to be called uh, strategic market status firms. And it's going to set out conduct requirements for those firms, unlike the EU rules, which have a broader set of requirements for its gatekeeper companies to follow and obey and prevent them from doing. The UK rulebook is designed to have a much more tailored approach so that the CMA unit, this DMU, will talk to firms which are fall within the strategic market status category and tailor make for them a bunch of conduct requirements. And uh, I think it's fair to say that although we haven't yet seen what this these conduct requirements might require on the merger notification front, we know that the digital markets unit that has been created in shadow form has already been used for its digital expertise in assessing some digital mergers in the UK, and that the that the whole entity the whole enterprise of the DMU is designed to sharpen the CMA's expertise in assessing digital mergers and digital markets more generally. One follow-up question, which will be the final question, I promise, but does it feel like the digital markets unit of the CMA and then the EC legislation with the the DMA, does it feel like it's all playing catch-up with the sector, which is just expanded so quickly and it's like the the regulation hasn't really been able to keep up? Well, I think that that is definitely the idea behind behind these rules. But they are quite wide ranging. And the approach, as I say, is to try and go one further from existing competition rules, which are designed to make existing conduct better or catch companies out. These these new rules, these new rule books, tend to be an attempt at uh, upfront uh, regulation to stop them doing things in the first place. And from that perspective, the regulators themselves like to see themselves as having leapfrogged the digital companies in their attempts to regulate. So they think of themselves as uh, unrolling much tougher rules, which are more flexible, designed to kind of catch behavior in advance. But the proof of the pudding will be in the eating. And um, if, uh, as they have proved to be in the past, digital giants are as flexible and uh, able to deal with the, regu- the rules and weave around them as, as they might be perceived to have done with the existing rule books, then that won't be the case. Great. Jacob and Jeremy, thank you very much. That was Jacob Parry and Jeremy Fleming-Jones. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of DealCast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, check out our show notes. Join us next week for another episode. 